welcome to the Rooflines podcast, produced by Virginia Realtors, where we serve up real talk about real estate in Virginia. On each episode, we break down trends in the housing market and help you make sense of what's going on in Virginia's real estate industry and what's on the horizon. Debt in America. Three years later, after the pandemic, we're seeing historic rises in interest and inflation rates that are making it difficult for many Americans to afford groceries, homes, and even gas. But how exactly did we get here? We'll be discussing what the economy was like before the pandemic, the programs implemented to help those struggling during it, and how that has led to where we are presently. Hello, and welcome to Rooflines. I'm Ryan Price, Chief Economist with Virginia Realtors. I know it's been a little bit since we've recorded, so I wanted to reintroduce one of our newest members of our research team, Dominique Fair. Hello, Ryan, and it's great to be back on the podcast. Glad to have you back. How are you feeling today, Dominique? I'm feeling pretty good, Ryan. How about yourself? No complaints here. Are you ready to jump into this topic today? I'm ready. So today we're talking about something that a majority of people can relate to, you know, debt. Uh, at the end of the second quarter, the U.S. household debt was $16.15 trillion, with a T. Wow, that's a lot of zeros. It definitely is, Brian. And if we break down those numbers, the largest component of household debt was mortgage balances, which reached $11.39 trillion at the end of June this year. Well, before we get into the breakdown of where we are with debt today, uh, I think it makes sense to take a look back to 2019 and look at where the country was PC. PC? What is that? (laughs) Glad you asked. (laughs) Pre-COVID. It does feel like another lifetime ago. It sure does. In uh, 2019, the debt stood at $14.15 trillion in the U.S., and a large part of that debt came from mortgage balances, which by the end of the fourth quarter of that year had reached $9.56 trillion. Yeah, in 2019, mortgage originations reached a high of $752 billion. This was due to the increased number of refinanced loans, which doubled to $3.4 million in 2019 per the Consumer Finance Report that year. And Dominique, what were the mortgage rates uh, looking like in 2019? Well, according to Freddie Mac, at the end of 2019, the 30-year fixed loan was 3.74% compared to 2018, which was a rate of 4.55. This was the reason why so many people decided to refinance, hoping to get a better rate. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Besides the increase in mortgage debt that we just talked about in loan applications, what else was taking place in 2019? Well, if you're looking at non-housing debt, there was about $1.33 trillion in auto loans. $0.93 $0.93 trillion in credit card balances, and $1.52 trillion in student loans. So now that we've painted the picture of debt in the pre-pandemic era, uh, why don't we talk about what was happening uh, from the beginning of COVID? Yeah, at the beginning, uh, the U.S. took a very hard hit in the second quarter of 2020 with COVID. Household debt declined by $34 billion to $4.27 trillion, the first decline seen since 2014. We saw unemployment rise at 13% as businesses took a pause, resulting in temporary layoffs and a job loss that reached 21 million at the end of the second quarter that year. Yeah, it truly had a significant impact on our economy and uh, not in the best way, right? Was there 
any bright spot maybe in the middle of all this um, economic turmoil? It actually was. While there was job loss and a stall in economic expansion, personal income rose during this time due to the CARES Act that was passed in March of 2020. Can you talk a little bit about the assistance um, that the CARES Act provided and how it uh, impacted uh, the debt that people have? Of course. The CARES Act provided additional money for those that were receiving unemployment benefits, suspended student loan payments, and allowed mortgage forbearance and moratorium on eviction filings. What was the effect of these benefits on families and businesses? For individuals and families, the extra money, credits, and the pause payments received would increase their household income and spending on goods and services, which took quite a dive in that second quarter. The loans and tax benefits that businesses received allowed them to continue operating with COVID restrictions and preserve jobs and benefits for employees who may have been laid off. And with these additional funds, um, coupled with lower interest rates, and the need for more space, you know, as people were working from home, uh, we saw quite a, a boom in the housing market. Very true, Ryan. By the end of 2020, the rate on a 30-year loan had fell to 2.67%. Mortgage balances reached a little over $10 trillion, and originations reached $1.2 trillion, a volume not seen since 2003. Yeah, I know for many home buyers out there um, are certainly longing for those days of ultra low rates that we had there for a while you know the rate on a 30-year fixed um, has essentially doubled since that time yeah and as someone who bought their house during 2020 i know i'm very thankful that i did considering the current market yeah so let's uh we talked about the refinancing boom uh in 2019 due to the low interest rates and it sounds like the same thing happened again in 2020 Yes, uh, of the 2.72 million home loans in the second quarter of 2020, 1.69 million were refinanced mortgages due to the historically low interest rates that were happening during that time. And I know we talked a lot about housing, but what about like student loans and credit card debt? Um, what effect did uh, the pandemic have on, on those, uh, those types of debt? Well, we see in the second quarter of 2020 that credit card debt fell by $76 billion, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, the biggest decline seen since they began reporting this data. Student loans sit at $1.54 million, which was flat in comparison to the first quarter. By the end of the year, each of these debt categories saw moderate gains, bringing the total household debt to $14.56 trillion. So that's what was happening in 2020. Now let's jump ahead to 2021. Um, Unfortunately, you know, we were still in the pandemic, but um, during that time, we did see kind of a shift, um, you know, with the vaccinations becoming widely available and some restrictions starting to ease. So what was happening uh, during 2021 with, with debt? Yes, during the first quarter of 2021, we see mortgage, auto, and student loan balances begin to increase, while credit card debt continued to decline by an annual rate of $123 billion. Huh. That's interesting that credit card debt uh, continues to decline. Why do you think that that happened? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with the stimulus checks and extended pauses for student loans allowed the chance for people to take a breath financially and have more of a cushion to save money and to pay down their debts. You know, I did read somewhere that $83 billion um, in credit card debt was paid off in 2020. Yeah, I believe I read that as well. It was amazing that that much debt was paid off. Let's talk about uh, the CARES Act that was passed in 2020 and 
you know, then it was followed up by the American Rescue Plan in 2021, um, you know, which continued to extend uh, and add benefits to those, you know, financially struggling uh, during the pandemic. That is right, Ryan. Uh, the plan offered another round of stimulus checks, increased child tax credits, and an extended unemployment benefits. So just like in 2020 with the CARES Act, we see a rise in consumer spending and household debt. Since we're on the topic of spending, um, and we know that consumer spending makes up about 70% of the economy, can we briefly touch on GDP uh, during this period? Yeah. In the second quarter of 2020, we saw GDP take a 2.07 trillion dive, or a decrease of 31.2%, according to the U.S. Bureau of Economics. Yeah, the economy was taking quite a hit at that point. So where did GDP stand uh, by the beginning of 2021? So at the end of the first quarter of 2021, GDP had increased by 6.3%. So a very rapid recovery considering how far it fell. Yeah, and with all this increased spending on goods and services, you know, we also saw mortgage debt continue to rise as people were buying homes with more space um, and, uh, and the housing market heated up. Yeah, there was definitely a need for more space, um, which was quite a motivator for people buying homes. The mortgage balance in the first quarter of 2021 was 10.16 trillion compared to 9.71 trillion in 2020. Mortgage origination stood at 1.1 trillion, which was a significant jump from the previous year at 662 billion. Wow, that's almost double. Um, so with mortgage balances making up the largest portion of household debt, where did it stand uh, by the end of 2021? By the end of the fourth quarter, uh, total household debt had reached 15.58 trillion, which was an increase of 2.2% from the previous quarter. Which, if we compare it to last year, um, it's an increase of a little over $1 trillion. That's amazing how much it can change in just one year. Yeah, it was definitely quite the change. And by this point, mortgage originations had reached $4.5 trillion over the course of 2021, with mortgage balances increasing by $887 billion annually. And what about non-housing debt? We talked about credit card debt declining at the beginning of 2021, you know, due to moratoriums and uh, stimulus checks. But did that continue for the remainder of the year? It did not, unfortunately. By the fourth quarter of 2021, credit card balances had increased by $37 billion compared to the same time last year. What if uh, we're comparing it to 2019? In 2019, before the pandemic, credit card debt stood at $0.93 trillion, which is more than the $0.86 trillion that it was in 2021. Was it the same with uh, student loan debt? It was. Student loan debt stood at $1.58 trillion by the end of 2021 versus $1.51 trillion in 2019. So now that we've we have an idea of what the debt looked like, you know, in 2020 and 2021, let's talk about where we are today. You know, looking at 2022, the prices of homes, as we know, continue to skyrocket in many areas of the state. You know, inflation is stubbornly high and interest rates are, are rising. You know, a lot of the uh, the programs, the assistance programs uh, have kind of been uh, rolled back uh, and wound down during this time period. So what effect is this having, Dominique, on the total debt in America? Well, as we see from the first quarter of 2022, there was a decline in the number of mortgage and auto loan originations. Mortgage originations were at $859 billion, which was a decrease from 2021, but still higher than the first quarter of 2022. 
originated auto loans reached 177 billion with this quarter compared to last year at 1.38 trillion. Auto loan debt is not something that we talked about previously. So why has there been such a dip, do you think, in these uh, types of loan originations? Well, I think there are a lot of contributing factors to that. One of them being high consumer demand as many headed back to work and the low inventory due to supply chain shortages. Yeah, low inventory mixed with higher prices means increased costs to finance a vehicle. Correct. So if we look at the second quarter of this year, auto loans increased by $1.5 trillion, which reflects the cost of the loan and not how many were originated. And the same thing is happening with uh, mortgage originations? Yes, we have seen from the housing market inventory levels were low, but the cost of homes continue to rise. At the end of the second quarter, mortgage loan originations were $758 billion, down from $859 billion in the first quarter, but still higher than they were at pre-pandemic levels. And where does student loan debt uh, fit into all of this? Student loan balances stand at $1.59 trillion, a modest increase compared to the same time last year at $1.57 trillion. The student loan moratorium, you know, the last few years has probably helped keep those numbers uh, modest, I would imagine. Yeah, I agreed. And with the student loan relief that was just announced, we should be seeing those numbers go down in the coming years. So at the end of 2021, we saw credit card debt begin to creep back up again. Where do we stand now with those balances? By the end of March of this year, credit card balances were down from the previous quarter, but went up $71 billion annually. Yeah, I'm sure with the interest rates going up and the cost of everything from gas to groceries going up, that uh, for many people, it's probably easier, you know, to charge it to the card and uh, and worry about it later. Um, so certainly a lot of uh, a lot of that going on. Yeah, most certainly. Um, and we saw in June, the inflation rate hit a historic 9.1%, which was a 40-year high, while gas prices rose to $5 on average, making it a lot harder for people to afford the cost of living. By this point, credit card balances had increased by $46 billion, which was a 13% increase compared to the second quarter of last year. And all this brings us back to the current total uh, of U.S. household debt, which is $16.15 trillion. Again, that is a lot of zeros. All right. So I know that we just discussed a lot of numbers um, and you might be wondering, what does all of this mean and what does this have to do with the housing market, with our clients? Um, but I think a key takeaway from all of this is, is the client's experience. Uh, clearly, we've seen that the debt is higher this year than it was back in 2019 before the pandemic. Uh, the key factors that were involved in that were the refinancing boom that happened in 2019 up until now. Um, and a huge part of that as well is looking at the credit card debt that's currently also at a pretty large rate. Um, so just to a key takeaway from all this could be that, you know, just looking at the experience of your clients, um, where they're at financially, um, and just helping them make the best decisions that they can housing wise. Stick around everyone for Rooflines. We got a quiz for Dominique. Dominique, are you ready for your quiz? I'm ready for it. During this conversation, we mentioned GDP which measures the value of goods and services we produce. We also use it to determine if we're in a recession um, by observing two negative quarters consecutively. Uh, but according to the National Bureau of Economic Research, which is the body that determines uh, when recessions occur, there's actually four other factors um, that are evaluated to determine uh, if a recession has occurred. 
So Dominique, do you know what the other four are? Hmm. I swear I've just read something about this. Okay. So I believe it is personal consumption, real income, unemployment, and industrial production, right? Close. You got three out of the four. It's uh, the personal consumption, spending, uh, real income, industrial production, and employment. Thank you for joining us. We will leave you with a smart stat. Today's number is 8.3. That is the percentage that items have increased by over the last year for the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Rooflines, real talk about real estate in Virginia. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to Rooflines on your favorite podcast platform. If you have ideas for future podcast topics, please share those with us by emailing rooflines at virginiarealtors.org.